The Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. For this week only, MyBookie is offering up to $200 in free bets using the promo code SGP200. That's right, you get up to $200 in free bets with only a one-time rollover requirement. Use SGP200 to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. The Sports Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Playbalto, the number one office pool hosting site. Playbalto is fully customizable, easy to manage, and most importantly, it's free. If you're running a football pool this season, make your life easy and do it on Playbalto. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and click the Playbalto link to sign up today. <laughs> miracles from him because he's that good but over so many games surely somebody else has to step forward and just take a little pressure off him I look at it like this sustained greatness beats greatness over a short period of time it has to to go and judge the entirety of somebody's career over two months to me just makes no sense whatsoever no le centre de Rakitic Messi season is here. Messi and Ronaldo are back at their respective teams. This is your European season preview. And if you want the European show throughout the season, you need to head over to my website, lockbetting.com. But right here on Sports Gambling Podcast Network, which you can follow on Twitter at the SGP Network, we are going to cover the European season. This is your European season preview. We heavily focused on Lionel Messi there because a lot of the focus here is going to be on the Spanish league because I feel that it will be the most interesting league this season with a lot of variables going into it. What kind of team will Barcelona have, especially if they complete the signing of Neymar. If Neymar comes back, he's trying to certainly negotiate his way or talk his way out of PSG. But whether he goes to La Liga at Real Madrid or Barcelona, it could be the thing that swings the title, but not necessarily in a positive way. Whereas Lionel Messi doesn't seem to be able to achieve 
any trophies with his country. Neymar has the same problem. In fact, his team managed to win a trophy without him this summer with the Copa America, which brings the question, is Neymar becoming a negative influence for the teams that he plays for? Paris Saint-Germain certainly want no part of him. They're willing to make Mbappe the main star. And do they really need him? I don't think his absence was anything to do with their Champions League exit last season, more so than it was complacency and a bit of luck for Man United and Brazil, as I just said, won the Copa America without him. What will he bring? to Barcelona or Real Madrid? Will he bring a positive mindset? Will he bring positive influence or will he bring negativity to whatever club he joins? And Real Madrid certainly can't do with any more negativity because they already have the main paper over there, La Marca, burying Zinazine Zidane, a person who's won three Champions Leagues for them and they already want to see the back of him on the basis of the poor pre-season result. That's despite the fact that they've spent millions and millions of pounds bringing in the likes of Eden Hazard into the team but the pre-season results have been poor in contrast to Barcelona and Atletico Madrid who both look very good throughout the pre-season and I'm not just saying this based on pre-season but I strongly feel that they will be the two teams competing for the title as long as Barcelona don't go too top heavy. Um, I, I don't know how, if they sign Neymar, they're going to get the likes of Neymar and Griezmann and Dembele and Messi and Coutinho all into the same team. It's almost, and Luis Suarez, Jesus, it's almost an impossibility at this juncture. Whereas I think it would be more suited to a move at Real Madrid. We are heading back into an era where we're adding more and more Galacticos to this team and not really knowing how they're going to tighten up this defence, which leaked a ton of goals last year. And they, although they do have two of the best centre-backs in the world in Varane and Ramos, they certainly didn't look like that last season. Although I think some of that would be something that a lot of World Cup players were experienced, which is a World Cup hangover. Luka Modric certainly didn't have a good season. Varane didn't have a good season. Umtiti at Barcelona, although he's injured at times, has somewhat lost his place there. So we did see a lot of players experience a World Cup hangover and didn't really recover from it until um, almost the midway point of the season. And some didn't at all. Some players certainly had their worst season of all. Those others weren't really too affected for it. I thought Griezmann was pretty reliable. I thought Mbappe wasn't too badly affected by it. Um, so this summer, we never really had any major tournaments. So we'll see where the mindsets of players are because I think this will be a more focused season and we'll see everybody at their best. And one thing that we'll see also in this Barcelona side, um, I'm going to start with the Liga. And one thing we'll see with this Barcelona side is Lionel Messi getting a rest for some of the games that he probably doesn't need to bother to play in. Now, this is going to be very interesting because if you don't need to wheel out Messi for your Alaveses and your Levantes and games of that nature, that is he going to be even more influential because he's more fresh in the Champions League and for the crucial La Liga games that they need him for. I already have my tickets to Barcelona versus Valencia because I do see that as being one of those games because Valencia are a team that could possibly break into this top three, although I think it's very doubtful. I think it's going to be these three. I just think that the order that I, that I see it as is different to others whereas Real Madrid and Barcelona are somewhat of an automatic for most and the odds are reflective of that. For me, I don't see it being that way. I see Atletico being stronger contenders. I think this Real Madrid team is very unbalanced. The fact that they're criticising Zidane already isn't good. I could see a new manager coming in early if they have a few bad results and I don't have much confidence in them. And it's ironic because... 
It's Real Madrid and Barcelona whose managers' heads are on the chopping board. Valverde won the league convincingly last year, but he lost the Copa del Rey. And more importantly, he lost the Champions League in a semi-final defeat to Liverpool from 3-0 up. He lost a three-goal lead for the second season in a row. Now he must, must win the Champions League or he will be sacked. And he could be sacked if Barcelona don't make a good start to the season. I think they will. I think it's Barcelona's title to lose again this season. But it's interesting that Valverde could potentially be sacked this season, as could Zinazine Zidane. Meanwhile, Diego Simeone is obviously once again comfortably in his position. There's no chance of him being sacked. Um, they are very, very happy with Simeone, and rightfully so. He's worked wonders at this team and is now receiving the factual financial backing that he deserves from the board in terms of bringing in a massive player like Joe Felix. Now, even though Joe Felix did cost an astronomical amount of money, n- numerous figures have been banded around in terms of what Joe Felix actually cost. Um, I have it at um, 100 and uh, 105 million English price. Um, some people are saying that that is actually a bargain for in terms of the potential that this player could eventually reach. Let's just think of that, 105 million. I think it's 113 million actually with, with add-ons and people are saying that that's a bargain for what this player, Joe Felix, could eventually go and be. Well, he is the outright replacement for Anton Griezmann and uh, although Godin has also ended up going to Inter Milan and uh, Lucas Fernandez has ended up going to Bayern Munich and Rodri's gone to Manchester City, I still feel that Atletico, with the likes of Joe Felix and a couple more that are looking to get in there, are being heavily, heavily linked to uh, Christian Eriksen of Tottenham. Uh, they bought in uh, Mario Hamaso from Espanyol for uh, around about £23 million. They bought in Marcus Lorente, a surprising deal that occurred from uh, Real Madrid to Atletico Madrid for, I believe it was around 36 million. So there has been money spent there. They've not lost anyone in positions. Wherever they've lost, they bought cover for. So I think Atletico Madrid, and of course, we're missing uh, England's own Kieran, Kieran Trippier going to Atletico as well, as well as um, Felipe from Porto. So, as I'm saying, um, they've covered in every position that they've sold in, and I don't know if they've necessarily strengthened because I don't know how much time Joe Felix will need to, to adjust, but they are as good as they'll be in any other season. And Maybe even stylistically, they may change a bit. The the auto bet of Atletico to nil might not be so much the case because they have looked like much more of an attacking team in the summer. Is Simeone finally about to change his philosophy at Atletico Madrid? As for Real Madrid, they have spent fortunes once again. And whether this works out or not, I'm highly sceptical uh, about the signings. Eden Hazard is obviously... Uh, a no-brainer, but even him, has, even he has received criticism from the Real Madrid fans regarding his weight and things of that nature, and uh, some of his performances in pre-season. They signed Edda, uh, Edda Milito from uh, Porto for forty-four million pounds. And uh, you can see what these defensive absences are doing to Porto, who are struggling as I do this podcast at home to Krasendor and uh, could be exiting the Champions League, which would be crazy uh, in the next few minutes. I will give you an, an update on that once it once it concludes. In fact, um, I think 
Let's have a look here. Yes, it has it has been confirmed. Porto are out of the Champions League. Despite going in with a 1-0 lead, they have lost at home to Krasendor. So these signings that have been made in La Liga the defensive absentees of Porto have already gone on to cost them so um Militeo is, is a big one Luka Jovic from Ainton Frankfurt to Real Madrid that's a massive signing that cost them 58 million uh, for the striker he also signed uh, Rodrigo from Santos that cost them 41 million pounds another big money signing there to Real Madrid um and he did sell uh, Theo Hernandez, which is a defender, uh, to AC Milan. So they have had a few outs. But the big out that they wanted was, of course, Gareth Bale. And uh, they haven't been able to get him off the book. So they haven't been able to make any more signings. And I do believe that if they do want to really pursue Neymar and get him into this team, they will need to get rid of Gareth Bale. But even with the ones that we've named... That's over two hundred million pounds of, of incomings that have come in for Real Madrid, and personally, I just don't think that it's going to work out for them. I mean, the preseason results are already negative, but I just feel that there's a bad aura at, at, at Real Madrid at the moment. I don't think that you replace a player like Cristiano Ronaldo, and although you can bring in Hazard, and although you are going to have a decent home record, and although you are going to have a, a, a fairly decent run in the Champions League, I don't think that you're going to challenge Barcelona, a team that are going to go very close to putting up around about 90 points or or more even in this La Liga season. And I think the only reason they don't put up 100 is because usually they have the League One with about five, six weeks to go and can concentrate in the Champions League. That's certainly been the case in the last two seasons where they haven't faced any kind of significant title threat. And uh, whether they get Neymar or whether they don't get Neymar, I don't think that they will face any kind of significant title threat, even though I do feel that Atletico are going to improve and could finish above Real Madrid in the league this season, I don't think that anybody challenges Barcelona. If we look at the, the league odds this season, um, just trying to bring up the, the outright markets here, we have Barcelona as the 4-6 to six favourites, Real Madrid priced up as the 12-5 to five second favourites, and Atletico Madrid at a massive 18-1 to one to win the league this season. Um, the market that interests me the most, though, here is the without Barcelona and Real Madrid market. And we have Atletico Madrid at four to six, Valencia at seven to one and Sevilla at 12 to one. For me, it's really a two horse race, but not a close one. Although Valencia have strengthened up in the uh, in the summer and looked very good towards the end of last season, of course, winning the Copa del Rey. Uh, against Barcelona, uh, turning a lot of those draws into injury. Remember, Valencia didn't lose a lot of games last season, um, but, but had a ton of draws at the start and towards the end of the season started converting those draws into win, win to wins and pushed themselves incredibly from the bottom half of the table into the top four. So it was a great run for Valencia, but I just don't think that they are anywhere near anywhere near at all to um, to Atletico Madrid. And I think Atletico Madrid have way too much for this to be any kind of um, competition for third place. And of course, if this says the league without Barcelona or Real Madrid, if Atletico finish above Real Madrid, it makes no difference to this bet because all you need them to do is finish above Valencia and Sevilla and, and, and Atletico and all the other teams. So 
uh, Athletic uh, Bilbao, sorry, and all the other teams. So I've absolutely no doubt about that one. I'm immediately going to settle on that as my official lock play for this podcast. Atletico Madrid to win the league without Barcelona and Real Madrid available four to six minus one fifty. And uh, I feel that that will have absolutely no problem in cashing at all. So I've already settled on a lock there and it comes from La Liga. However, I would not dissuade anybody from betting Barcelona to win this league, which is also available at the best price of four to six. Um, I'm not going to do a double lock or anything. I'm going to save something for my members at lockbetting.com. But you may see Barcelona featured in some kind of season parlay. We always do a, um, a 10 unit season parlay every season. And uh, if you want to get that play, head over to lockbetting.com because the 10-unit parlay will be going out before the kickoff to the European leagues this weekend, or at least the main ones with the, uh, the main one with the Liga and the Bundesliga starting this weekend and Serie A just being a few weeks behind. We'll quickly look at the Bundesliga next, where I think that we may legitimately have a two-horse race this season. Now, at the start of last season, nobody was giving the two-horse race any kind of thought, but Dortmund's side came from out of nowhere and challenged Bayern Munich to the very last day. In fact, they surrendered a significant lead and allowed Bayern Munich through the back door. Bayern Munich haven't been able to get the major signings over the line that they wanted to during this transfer window. It's been um, Dortmund, in fact, who have done the better business. Uh, Lucas Hernandez is the most expensive transfer of the window. He's gone from Atletico Madrid to Bayern Munich for £68 million. But I think one of the most key signings will be Mats Hummel's return to Dortmund from Bayern Munich. It's very odd in the Bundesliga where uh, these two teams do are the top two, but they've managed to do business with each other. Um, Pavard, the Frenchman, has gone from Stuttgart to Bayern Munich also. So it'd be interesting to see... Um, what what the fullbacks look like at, at Bayern Munich this season, although they haven't strengthened at centre-back, so they will still be relying on um, Boateng to be their main central defender. And I'm not a fan of, of Jerome Boateng at all. And I do think, honestly, that um, Mats Hummels, despite the fact that he wasn't as consistent and as great as many people expected him to be when he got his big money move to Bayern, his £34 million move to Dortmund, We'll see him vastly improve. I think he's. I think it's just a better fit for him. Um, he wasn't the same player since he left Dortmund, although he had success at Bayern Munich in terms of winning league titles. I think he could be a difference maker this season in the uh, in the Borussia Dortmund team, who have also managed to sign. Thorgan Hazard, Eden Hazard's brother for 22 and a half million. And of course, they've managed to hold on to the services of Jaden Sancho, who was really good in the um, in the German Super Cup, where Borussia Dortmund actually beat Bayern Munich 2-0. So I don't know if that will be a sign of things to come. But what I'm certain of is that we are going to get ourselves a title race this season, although the odds don't reflect that. You can get Bayern Munich at 1-3 to three to win this league and Borussia Dortmund at the biggest price of 9-2. to two. I may be recommending a small bet on that to my clients over at lockbetting.com. One other market that I absolutely love as well is the market without Bayern Munich, 
where you have Borussia Dortmund at nineteen to thirteen, sorry nine to thirteen, Leipzig at six to one, and Leverkusen at ten to one. Again, as I said, I think that. Borussia Dortmund are going to provide a stiff test in the Bundesliga to Bayern Munich this season. They have not been able to secure the players that they want, although there is still two weeks left of the window. I think Leroy Sane was their number one target and he's remained at Manchester City. Whether he would have done that or not, if he hadn't got seriously injured, I'm not too sure, but it looks like another old aging Bayern Munich team and it looks like Dortmund have done the better business this season and they could potentially catch up to their rivals. Juventus's season with Cristiano Ronaldo in the squad and playing a starring role is just now coming to a disappointing end. They're still playing out the Serie A season, although the crown is safe. An eighth straight Scudetti for the Bianconeri. Give us your assessment, Stu, on Ronaldo's impact in his season overall. Oh, first of all, talk about him and how he's played. I think he's looked a better player at Juventus than he did for the last two or three years at Real Madrid. And the reason I say that is because at Real Madrid, for two or three seasons, he became just a goal scorer. He was a great box player. Every time the ball went into wide areas, he made his run into the box and he was trying to win balls in the air, which he did. And that's why he scored so many goals. You very rarely saw him run with the ball. You very rarely saw him pick out a pass. You very rarely saw him go past someone and get a crossing. This season at Juventus, I think he's looked a yard sharper, a yard quicker. He's gone past people with the ball. He's made some fantastic runs at times. Uh, so I think, in terms of his performance, I think he's been a better Ronaldo over the last 12 months than he was for the last three years at Real Madrid. Has it been a success for Juventus? Not quite so much, because every year, they, or for many years, they've won the double. They didn't win the Coppa Italia. They got knocked out in the quarterfinal. And he was brought in to do much better in the Champions League. And they performed really poorly against Ajax and were outplayed totally. And he ended up being the lone centre forward and, and, and was really up against him. So in terms of Juventus, has it been a success? No. Ronaldo's performances, I think, have been better. So you can't actually blame Ronaldo for Juventus' failure. Well, that's some interesting analysis there regarding Cristiano Ronaldo and the season that Juventus had. The pundits on ESPN there talking, considering the season a failure, given the fact that Juventus were unable to achieve the double, which they usually do, and were knocked out of the Champions League at the quarterfinal stage with Ajax. Juventus to win the title again this season is available at 1-2. to two. The second favourites for the title this season are still Napoli at 6-1, to one, although they've not added many players. One team that have added players are Inter Milan. They're available at 7-1. to one. They are now, of course, managed by Conti. And Juventus are now managed by Sari. Their big signing in the window was Matthias De Litt, a defender that everybody wanted. He was signed for around about 68 million. And Lukaku is the big signing for Inter Milan. He was signed for around about 73 million. But other than that, there haven't been too many significant signings in Serie A. Uh, but there is still time there with the season starting late and the window not closed. I expect a few other teams to do some business, maybe into Milan to do more business. Napoli 
I'm surprised haven't done much more. I don't see them being uh, title contenders again this season. Uh, Costa Manolos is the only player that they've signed. He'll probably partner Kuabali at the back. Other than that, I wouldn't be surprised if Inter Milan pose more of a threat to Juve this season and could possibly take over Napoli in the league. So whereas Juventus are very short favourites to win the title it's very interesting when you take Juventus out and look at the without Juve market where Inter Milan are 6-5 to favourites to finish second and Napoli are 11-8 to this despite the fact that Inter are third favourites for the league so it's very tight between Napoli and Inter there for second and third other than that people are not giving AC Milan Roma or Atlanta much of a chance despite the fact that Atalanta won the Italian Cup last year um my tip there is going to pretty much be with Juventus. I think the more interesting topic regarding Juventus will be how they do fare in the Champions League this season with a lot of defensive additions. One of them not being a goalkeeper. Uh, only Buffon returned to Juventus from Paris Saint-Germain. That was a surprise. So like a lot of teams... Uh, like Paris Saint-Germain, Juventus are in the same conversation. Yes, I feel that they'll comfortably win their league, but the real test will come in the Champions League. And you can almost see the same for Barcelona, even though they are facing competition from big sides like Atletico and Real Madrid. Over a 38-game season, I don't see anybody keeping up, keeping up with Barcelona. I think almost the same for Manchester City. I don't think Liverpool are going to get anywhere close to 90 points this season, whereas I think Manchester City could be there or thereabouts. I think Liverpool's real chance to take them over was last season. So I think a lot of sides, Manchester City, Barcelona, Juventus, Paris Saint-Germain, uh, their main objective will be the Champions League and the most interesting part of their season will be how they fare in the Champions League because I do expect all of them to wind up winners so much so that I'm not even going to spend any time covering uh, the French League on this podcast because Paris Saint-Germain are going to win that one so comfortably it's just a case of whether they can do it unbeaten what their points tally will be and how much they leave in reserve for the Champions League campaign something that they continuously manage to fail at so as I said over at lockbetting.com we will have the European show every week it will start this weekend with the Liga and the Bundesliga back it will be available tomorrow when you're listening to this um, there will be a 10 unit season play over there as well as additional plays obviously we have a lock on this podcast as I said it's Atletico Madrid to win the league without Barcelona and Real Madrid as always that's going to be a 5 unit lock as was the lock on the EPL preview show where I said Sheffield United would go down although they have nicked a point early on in the season at Bournemouth a good start for Sheffield United you can probably get them at a better price than was on offer when I did that podcast but my official play here once again to reiterate Atletico Madrid to win the league without Barcelona and Real Madrid in the market it was available at 4-6 minus 150 Liverpool have won the greatest prize in European club football Jurgen Klopp has taken Liverpool back to the top of the mountain it's a magical night in Madrid for Liverpool well they walked into Madrid with hope in their hearts and they'll walk away prize in club football, Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool's king to the cot are champions of Europe once again. 
Ugh, horrible memories there of Liverpool winning the Champions League. They won the final against Tottenham. Thankfully, they did not win both the EPL and the Champions League. Otherwise, I may have had to quit the show. The reason I've added that clip in is because I need to cover the first European trophy of the season, which is the European Super Cup that happens tomorrow. It takes place in Turkey and will feature Liverpool, the champions of Europe, the Champions League winners against the Europa League winners Chelsea in this annual fixture. Funnily enough, the Chelsea team played on Sunday and Liverpool played on Friday and now they're both expected to go to Turkey. This probably factors in to the price where Liverpool are the massive favourites because they have a massive advantage and because they had a good result on Friday and Chelsea had a terrible one. There's been slight movement on this. Liverpool now to lift the trophy is at 1-3, to three, whereas Chelsea is big as 5-2. to two. And in the outright market, Liverpool are at 13-2 to two, and Chelsea are available at Five to one. The draw is available at three to one. As I said, there has been movement on it. Obviously, we knew the schedule all along. This was scheduled a while ago with Chelsea playing on Sunday, Liverpool playing on Friday. That alone is a massive advantage. But when you look at the fact that Liverpool scored four and Chelsea conceded four and the players that they had on the pitch anyway and the league positions last year and the defences and the attacks of both the teams, Liverpool had the advantage in every single area in this game. Although if we do look at the preseason results for Chelsea, you can see that Chelsea do have goals in them. They were probably unlucky not to go ahead against Manchester United and both teams to score really should have cashed in that game. It's still a possibility in this game and it's available at 7-10, to 10, especially with Liverpool playing with a reserve goalkeeper with Alisson being out injured. Although... Despite the fact that they have um, Adrian in goal, I do think Liverpool's back four is obviously a lot better than Chelsea. I do expect them to comfortably win this game. The minus one handicap does appeal at 17 to 10. The safer bet might be the Asian handicap, which is at minus one. So if Liverpool just win by one goal, you're refunded. If they win by two, you cash the bet at 11 to 10. But well within our realm of one to two is the 13 to 20 Liverpool in 90 minutes. And I think if I was to lock something up in this game, I will be locking up that one. I'm very confident on the basis of the scheduling, on the basis of the weekend results and a basis on the players on the pitch. I cannot see Frank Lampard repairing anything that I saw in the next 48 hours coming into this game. And I fully expect Liverpool to lift the first European trophy of the season. And unfortunately, they probably will win the European Super Cup. Hopefully, this is the last time that we do see Liverpool lifting a trophy this season. So that really does conclude your European preview show. As I said, the European show will be available on lockbetting.com it will probably be available just after the Super Cup game between Liverpool and Chelsea tomorrow just one more reminder there will be various plays for the European season there may be plays on league winners we'll be looking at teams to win their league without the top teams so we'll be looking at Italy um, without uh, Juventus, we'll be looking at the German league without Bayern. We'll be looking at the Spanish league without the big two, which you already have because Atletico are the lock. We'll be looking at everything. And then once we've done that, we'll be posting out a bet for you guys. Official picks will be going on, including, of course, the 10... Uh, the 10 unit European parlay, the mixed European parlay. It's almost a tradition now because we do put it out every season. We're almost married to the fact that we are going to make it a 10 unit play. And this season, 
was um, almost an automatic for me because there are a lot of things that I liked. I have touched on them here on the podcast, but you'll see how I put it over, how we've all put it together over on lockbetting.com. So make sure you check out the 10 unit play as well as various other plays that we will put together based on the variables discussed on this show as we head towards the European season this weekend with the start of Bundesliga and La Liga. And of course, one more reminder to check out the European show. And of course, the EPL show will be back here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network this week. That will be available every week now on Thursday. That will be its regular day. We don't plan on on changing that. We will be consistent with that. And we will be consistent with my article breaking down the Premier League game of the week and you'll also be able to find my Premier League predictions that will also be available on Thursdays as well at sportsgamblingpodcast.com that's it from me good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening